really showing some self-restraint. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you say that as we're rolling, I happen uh-huh. to notice. Yeah, of course I appreciate I that. Well, cheers. Indeed. Here's the, the coffees after... Uh... Here's to Harrison Ford, <laughs> damn it. God damn it. <laughs> Do you know who this, I am? This coffee is way too hot. But it's fine, because I'm a man. My God, that's coffee, isn't it? I'm Harrison Ford. Oh, it's HPV. I'm an American. It's HPV. Yes, HPV. I, I'm Who Chris. are you? Who? I'm Chris. I'm Brad. Uh, I think I really, <laughs> I really did it to us this week. <laughs> no, actually, this was a cool selection. Mm. Run through the list of possible selections that were running through your mind, please. Well, I, I started with uh, the 13th floor uh-huh. because my one of my biggest... Uh, uh, Honestly, I would have expected this one from you, so please continue. Yeah, one of like the biggest criteria that I have when choosing a film for this podcast specifically is uh-huh. If I told somebody I'd watch that, would they say why? <laughs> and the 13th floor starring Craig Bierko certainly falls under that category. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. Yep, good determination. And then okay. I I really wanted to do uh cuz I got I I got bit Bread, I got I got bit by the Harrison Ford bug. Uh huh. Well, I mean, dude, because of the uh, the trailer. Yeah, I was just gonna say this is the other reason why it's interesting timing. I thought because the Indy Five trailer just dropped, like in the last day or two, and everybody's freaking out, either uh, good or bad, one way or another. But of course, here's Harrison Ford, eighty years old. I think he is. Hey, Brad. Yeah. Can I admit something to you? That shouldn't be a surprise oh, please, whatsoever. Oh, please. God, dude. I really like Crystal Skulls. Do you really? I enjoy that movie quite a bit. Well, I I'm sure you I were young when you saw it. No, I own it. <laughs> I, I've watched it recently. I uh-huh. don't know why everyone hates it. It's just as ridiculous and stupid as either of the other films. Oh, bullshit. Well, okay. Really? You actually... really are aliens a lot weirder than anything that happened in Temple of Doom? Go fuck yourself. Oh, dude. It's not simply the storyline. It is the execution of the storyline. It is the dialogue, the characters they're presented, how they're presented. All of that is a huge ball of wax, which we actually, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. I'll be happy no. to spend another hour, two hours. We can even do, dude... I'll tell you, but, if you want to do a comparison, say, of Temple of Doom versus Kingdom of Crystal Skull bullshit and try and tell me that somehow they they uh, sync and they relate, they only relate in the sense of there's the fedora, the leather jacket, and the bullwhip. Other than that, everything everything is, is whacked out on profiteering over a franchise that was best left done with the last crusade and then my next impulse was to do <laughs> air force one but since we had previously done passenger 57 i didn't want to do another air get movie. off my plane uh-huh i'm harrison ford god damn it i'm an american Don't i'm you... the president i'm the ass kicking president <laughs> so we settled on patriot games oh i was delighted to see Okay, Harrison Ford, perfect, timely. I hadn't seen Patriot Games other than like uh, snippets when it was playing on cable or something like that. Uh, I did see it in the theater. And uh, it's funny because I forgot 
like uh, Sean Bean was in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, with his lovely hockey hair, which turns in directly into uh, Timothy McVeigh. Well, Lee- <laughs> yeah, uh, the Irish Timothy he McVeigh. He fucking straight up looks like Timothy McVeigh. In a weird way. Lean, mean, uh, IRA machine. Now, in this, was this in before this Oklahoma City? It, oh, I think yeah, it was, Yeah, I think so, it? yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, well... Now, in the Patriot games, though, other than this odd association of uh, appearance of one character, there's no massive, like, uh, you know, bombing of uh, massive buildings. There are attempts on uh, royals, and um, Harrison Ford early on ends up um, getting involved in uh, stopping an assassination attempt against this uh, royal uh, whatever... What is he, a lord in something? something. Yeah, and uh, Harrison Ford is overcome with rage. Yes, how, how dare these rude Irish men with their guns interrupt my family's uh, moment by the park here. Uh, we have so brief time to get together. I'm Harrison Ford, <laughs> damn it. But, no, as you noted, though, like... His action sequence is just him running full bore and throwing his body weight into another human being. Oh, well, this is one of the reasons... Okay, this is one of the reasons I really enjoy what we do. Is because we actually go far enough back with movies randomly, deliberately, but randomly finding movies. And Harrison Ford, even at this point, was still considered more of an action star. Yeah. Like, he had tried to break away from that mold, which is why this is more political intrigue thriller. But he's still getting into fights and all of that. But Harrison Ford makes it clear, even in this movie, sure, maybe he's a government CIA guy and uh, he has military service in his background. He's not one of these sophisticated Krav Maga guys. You're not going to get, you know, a big... Um, sequence of uh strikes and counter strikes he is not a martial artist he is a brawler at best dude later on in the movie okay jumping around like we do but later on in the movie he uh sees an another assassination attempt coming against himself he goes to defend himself he gets his ass handed to him He, uh, he has the drop on the guy yeah, he has the drop he on the guy. He has the upper hand and still gets the ever-loving shit beat out of him. <laughs> that guy was ready to kill him barehanded, no guns, and he ended up getting shot by uh, the British guards who were running up the street. You know, I really wonder where that dude is right now. If I, Part of me really hopes that like he just kind of works in a factory now and just tells people, like, hey, hey, one time I got to beat the shit out of Harrison Ford in a movie. You ever seen Patriot Games? Yeah, that was me. To be perfectly honest with you, he probably was either a uh, soldier or a um, legit martial artist who worked on the stunt crew. Yeah. And, Fight um, coordinator. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's that's about as close as they would allow to actually mix it up personally with the American star mm-hmm. overseas. So uh, that guy, he's probably sits very comfortably well, like in a pub 
or in some sort of private club where he can tell the story for the 10,000th time and there will be people who will be happy to lap it up around and listen to him, you know? But you and I were talking throughout this entire film, just what a curious person to become a huge international movie star. Well, he's from Indiana, right? Harrison Ford, he's just this quirky maniac who is seen as this very serious actor, but for everything that I've heard about him, he's, yeah, just a completely insane person, and he's the best. Well, I mean, certainly early in his career, he did not have this reputation for the insanity. He, his whole reputation was, I mean, let's face it, first of all, his career comes directly from his association with George Lucas. Uh, hands down. Because, let's also recognize, after he had his role in American Graffiti, he couldn't get any regular acting gig at all. That's why he was doing the carpentry gigs. He taught himself carpentry, and George Lucas, as just as a friend, threw him a favor, and he was working on, what was it, his deck or his balcony or some shit like that. Uh, while Lucas was doing the casting for Star Wars out of his house. Harrison Ford just happened to be there is the whole point, you Uh know? So this guy's career is just happenstance related to, you know, slumming around with Lucas in the Hollywood Hills. Good for him, right? (laughs) Slumming around with Lucas. Dude, he's a carpenter because Lucas is like, I like you, Harrison. I want to keep you around. You do carpentry? Well, fuck it. I'm, you know... Come build my deck. Yeah, all right, George. You <laughs> yeah, because from all accounts, Harrison Ford is just a delightful man to be around. He's, he's just, just an. He's always just kind of been like an old grump. Yeah, but his a reputation lot... is a is a surly bastard. Yeah, yeah. he's a, he's a curmudgeon. Yeah, who is constantly stoned out of his gourd. Well, I'll tell you that that's the one thing that I find most charming about his whole curmudgeonly behavior. Uh huh. He's just a pothead who doesn't want to be bothered. Uh huh. You know? And has a sweet earring. I mean, after a certain age, don't you go. I mean, really, Harrison, do you, do you need the jewelry? Really? You like, know? Like I was saying, yeah, eat the rich, whatever, but Harrison Ford gets to keep every penny he has so he can just keep doing crazy people shit. Oh, God, please... Keep flying around the old World War II replicas, please, would you? <laughs> Just saving I mean, people in helicopters. Yeah, I mean, God, I love the guy. I love the guy, have always loved the guy, you know, I mean, I just, uh, I think he's a legend. And I like for, the, like, the last ten years of his career, he has acted zero times. He's been in movies, but he's always just shown up and just been like, well, I'm just gonna do this. I'm I mean, just gonna dude, be Harrison Ford, and we all went, yeah, you sure are. But we you don't know, want you to do anything else. Exactly. It's dude. like Christopher Walken. No, you just show up and you be Christopher Walken. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing, is that they have the ability to recognize that's all they need to do, is just show up, do their thing, maybe, you know, uh, joke... Uh, tell a joke about Chewbacca, you know, whatever the fuck. No one cares. They're going to eat it up, you know? God bless him. So anyway, this was before he hit that whole legendary status, but he was still A-list Hollywood star. He was taking over the role from Alec Baldwin. 
Alex Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Yeah, in uh, Hunt for Red October. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the rumor with that was that Alec Baldwin had a scheduling conflict with some sort of um, stage show, I think it was. Um, or maybe he just wanted too much money because he was a star and figured it was time to renegotiate. That was another thing. But uh, one way or another, um, the producers... He shot a lady. <laughs> one way or another, he shot a lady. Yeah, one way or another, the bastard had enough of a career to lead to the death of a director of photography because the first AD was a negligent fuck, and there was quite a bit of other crazy shit going on on the set, and Alec Baldwin should have taken responsibility for the death of... Of that director of photography. You shameful fuck. So. Harrison Ford didn't do that though. No Harrison Ford fucking rules. And <laughs> God damn right he does. Let's talk about Patriot Games. So okay he thwarts the assassination. During this whole thwarting. Uh, Sean Bean's brother. Surprisingly not Sean Bean. Yeah. But Sean Bean's brother. Sean Bean makes it all the way to the end of this movie. <laughs> and you know what? Before Good dying horribly. For him. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> Holy crap. He still died in the movie, but yep. not in the first act. Mm-hmm. Nope. Mm-hmm. He wasn't defeated by Robert De Niro with a coffee cup. <laughs> <laughs> he was in one of the funniest scenes in film history. Dude, Ronan, great setup. I mean... You want to talk about a character arc. Okay, this is Sean Bean. This is one of the reasons Sean Bean is a legend. Let's talk about Ronan for a second. Where he comes in all brash and confident. He's going to be the leader guy. He's going to be planning the whole operations. He's he's down. He's experienced. He knows what to do. De Niro sizes him up. And over three or four scenes in different ways. <laughs> goes, this com- guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Completely dismantles him to the point where... He sets him up, and with a coffee cup distraction, just basically, what, comes, what, almost ends his life? Something yeah. like and, that? and immediately says, send this guy home, none of us are working with him, he's fired. Yeah, and from that point forward, Sean Bean, completely shattered, completely, I mean, all confidence gone, as an actor, to have so few scenes, and deliver such a, a significant plausible character range of emotions that's why that guy gets killed in every movie yeah (laughs) you know you want the guy who's gonna be like holy shit you feel bad for him even though he's an asshole bring in sean bean (laughs) you know we we need somebody to get brutally beaten with a fire poker hey (laughs) somebody get sean bean on the horn (laughs) well i mean equilibrium that is is a oh god equilibrium (laughs) dies in the first act Oh man! Right? Why did we not watch equal? Why are we not watching Equilibrium right now? Oh, dude. Okay, next one. <laughs> equilibrium. We'll do Equilibrium. The movie that but... makes the least sense of all time. Oh come on! What do you mean the least sense of all time? It follows every archetype in that whole structure of the hero within taking down the massive dictatorial uh, government. I mean, it's no. a beautiful story, dude. Beautifully done. Nobody's allowed to feel anything. Meanwhile, Tay Diggs is just smiling it up everywhere. <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ, guys. Okay, so make I, an attempt. So it has a few flaws. Just try a little. Okay, I I mean, of course, certainly I. Can concede there are a few flaws however um tay diggs 
Uh, clearly right. did not understand what he was doing. Yes, but in Patriot Games, Tate Diggs does not have a character. No, he's a- but Sean Bean does, and that character survives to the end, which is remarkable. His brother, however, dies in the first act, and that is... The inciting incident. Yep, that motivates this whole revenge tale against Harrison Ford and his family and his daughter who loves him and his, lo- his daughter's love is more important than these terrorist lives. You know who I am. I'm Harrison Ford, damn God it. damn it. And I'm an American. You need to order this SWAT team, this special assassination squad to hit a desert at night and kill 40 people because my daughter's love is more important. This is my favorite kind of 90s movie because (laughs) there are so many times when, like, you watch it as an overview and you think, like, oh, it's got kind of a complicated plot. And then just random silly shit happens. That's the total 90s movie moments. Well, okay. Such as the the guy looking for the bathroom and the attendant says, no, that's not the bathroom. That's the basement door downstairs. Let me draw my gun and go check out what's down there. Wait a minute. That's the that's the door to the basement. Is there something down in the basement? Why would your attention be drawn to this door to the basement? Let me open this door to the basement for no good goddamn reason. Let me draw my pistol just in case for no good reason. And I bring that up because the and next... And then let me step in front of you. I bring that up just as a precursor to what happens next, which is... I'm skipping ahead just a little bit, but Harrison Ford is at home with his wife and child and two military men, one of which being James Earl Jones, shows up. Right. And they tell him... Not military, CIA guys. James Earl Jones is a CIA guy. Oh, okay. So, yes. All Mm -hmm. right, so they're CIA guys, and they show up, and they flat out tell him, like, hey, you're being targeted by these IRA assassins. Uh, Yeah. This guy that you helped convict is was put in jail and was broken out and uh we have reason to believe he's coming after you yeah and jack ryan's response is oh okay yeah hmm why don't you (laughs) come in and that is it (laughs) well he asked them basically yeah come in sit down tell tell me what's going on right Mm -hmm. and there's this conversation what's interesting is that the wife and daughter and him are getting ready to go shopping. The daughter is going out of the house as the car pulls up with James Earl Jones and the other CIA guy. The daughter sees them and just turns around and starts walking back to the house. And the mom sees them. And both the mom and the daughter have like this unspoken, well, I guess the shopping trip is over. And how old is that daughter? Like 10. At the most. And she, like... Thora Birch. Completely reads... I mean, God bless Thora Birch. I mean, very um, very good child actress, you know? Good career, yeah. all of that stuff. God Just bless her for decided that. decided to quit because she was done with the industry. Like, I kind of respect that. She's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just done with this for a while. Well, I got a life to live for a little bit. And She came back, but... When you've had the career that she's had, if, you're, if you have a good accountant, you've got enough... Uh, in your accounts to be able to take that time, no problem, whatever. And uh, once again, good for her. But anyway, this little eight-year-old kid is like completely reading the room like she's one of these super spies like her parents, right? 
So she just comes in, okay, shopping trips over, all of that stuff. They go in, and there's a couple of different scenes where Harrison Ford's going to be doing something with his family. Somebody else comes in and interrupts it and, you know, like tries to assassinate somebody or something. So yeah, his job keeps getting in the way. Now, what I want to say, though, before... This job that he doesn't have because he doesn't currently work for anybody. It doesn't... Yeah. Yeah, the assassination attempts while they're on vacation, the attempt happens while they're on vacation in London. They come back to the United States because what's-his-name is broken out. Sean Bean is broken out back in London, but he sends a hit squad back to the United States to go after the American family. Yes. And um, so all of this craziness happens. All of this craziness happens because... Uh, Sean Bean wants to assassinate Harrison Ford, and Harrison Ford and this um, British lord keep wanting to pal around together in all of these different locations, so they keep coordinating these assassination attempts with the times these two guys get together. And meanwhile, there's the uh, like head of the splinter group from the IRA who killed three IRA members like outside his cottage... Yeah. And then took off. And he's Sean Bean's like, boss, I guess? Yeah, because effectively what they try to do is this breakdown where you've got um, uh, Richard Harris, Lena as, Mean Richard Harris as the head yeah, of the, like the IRA, Sean, the Sean Fain uh, organization. And forgive me for mispronunciations, but, uh, you know, he's I'm the not face. Irish. He's the, basically the PR guy. Yes. Uh, well... Yes, he's presented as the head, at the very least, head spokesman for all of the IRA. Yeah, that's a good word. And then um, Patrick Bergen, that's the actor's name, he's the guy who's basically the head of that particular um, division, army division, of the IRA. Because there's a really weird conversation that Uh uh, he and, uh, remember big uh, grizzly bear looking Jimmy? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, Cause, yeah. Cuz there's a conversation that they have where he says, you know, like we didn't go far or uh oh the the hit on the Royals was unsanctioned and everybody knows it was you. You you got to lay low and the, the military head of the IRA says uh no, we haven't gone far enough. I think we need to go further. Are you with me? And Jimmy just goes, "Ah, you know I am." Like wait a minute. Yeah, what the, it was what this the fuck? weird. Yeah, it's this weird in, turnaround. In, that's what I'm saying. That weird '90s thing that if you're not looking for it, you'll never notice it. But if you pay attention to the dialogue, mm-hmm. it happens a lot in like '90s action thrillers. Yeah, it's this turnaround of like, you know what? Uh, actually, this just this just popped into my head though. It's like in um, that abysmal solo story. When Han Solo's in his card game, did you see that fucking movie? Nope. Okay. All right. So, uh... I don't like Star Wars. Well, I don't blame you. Uh, particularly... Anyway, so in this specific scene, though, this is a very recent example of exactly what we're talking about, where the dialogue goes, you know what? Um, I don't like you. I don't like what you're doing. And... I'll tell you what, I'll give you a chance to try and convince me, here's your chance. Oh, that argument isn't enough to convince me, but you know what? I like X about you, 
So I like your chutzpah, kid. (laughs) Yeah, so fuck it, I'll just go ahead and do it. I have no reason whatsoever. I don't like you, I don't want to support you, but I'm just going to decide to support you. Makes no fucking sense. Well, it's because they wrote themselves into a corner, and the screenwriter needed to get out of the predicament he was in to get to connect the dots. (laughs) Exactly, and you know... Uh, that predicament is actually introducing the female Irish assassin who's there to set him up. Tits. <laughs> Tits. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically it. That's her. Direct quote from Patriot Games. That's not just us yes. calling a woman tits. Yeah, I mean, after the uh, clearly Blade Runner-inspired uh, oh, searching man. scene... But again, we're jumping all over the place. So Grizz- I'm, I'm just gonna do Decker, guys. <laughs> well, so, Harrison, we really need. I'm just gonna do Decker. I'm just gonna do. Do you know who there. I am? <laughs> I told you, I'm an American. Damn it! I'm Harrison Ford. I know how to say enhance, enhance. Damn it! Look at those tits, <laughs> tits, tits. God bless him. And I love the way he says it because he figures out the puzzle. He's like. <laughs> I know what those are. Those are tits. I'm Harrison Ford, damn it. Uh, I'm Harrison Ford, and I'm here for tits. So, okay. So, um, that's the whole gist yeah, of the, the story. The Irish he female... He's worked assassination. Yeah, and the... Yeah. Uh, uh, was it she, the... I guess would be third in command? Or she's about the same rank, it seems, as Sean Bean. She's under... Uh... Well, okay. So, Sean Bean... Yeah, he's basically like, um, you could say, um, an active enforcer, like a soldier. And where she is in the tier is, you could say she's a soldier, but she's more active, like doing the more subtle assassinations and hits like that yes. sort of stuff. So there's um, a real cool fucking scene where she uh, kills Grizzly Bear Jimmy right when they're about to fuck. Well, Shoots you him know, in the head and, and takes it, off the wig, which... Yeah, introduces intrigue because she jumps in the car with the head IRA guy that had just killed three other uh, members. Well, see, now, uh, all of that being said, it occurs to me perhaps that's why Grizzly um, changes his mind. Because as he's having that conversation with uh, Sean Bean, she shows up in the background and he sees her and they make, you know, googly eyes at each other. So, you know, something's going on there. She sits down. That doughy weirdo. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. Yeah, this strange, um, <laughs> very hairy hobbit sort of looking grizzly Adams hobbit kind of thing. Uh, he you looks know. like a hairless panda. <laughs> like pandas would look. Like he's just kind of like weird and lumpy. Because we see him basically naked. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately that that moment does happen. But this is all part of the shrewd female assassin's deception. So he says he's going to go yeah, along with it. He hooks up with her. We see she gets into uh, into a compromising position and goes, Oh, no, wait, wait just a minute. I have to like go to women my, do. I have to go to my bag real And quick. he's like, Oh, you're not going to make me put on the rubber. Yeah. Oh, God, we're starting with the accents. <laughs> oh, no. You know, the Catholics, That's... they don't like contraception, lass. That's enough. <laughs> she's see, like you see no no done, here's see a gun instead bow straight blows him away three shots right mm-hmm. something like that anyway kills him dead he goes oh lassie you tricked me so they're uh they're trying to bring harrison ford back into the cia and uh 
And he's still, you know, he's playing like a, a coy uh, virgin. No, no, no. I've told you no. I'm not interested. Yeah. Are you asking me to come back? And James Earl Jones' response is literally, yep. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. That's literally the scene. Are you asking me to come back? <laughs> yep. I'm Harrison Ford, damn it. <laughs> so anyway, they let him go. And, um, and he still apparently believes he's retired because he's said no to the CIA. And uh, he's with his wife and daughter. And um, what is it? They're like driving on the highway. There's an attempt to kidnap the daughter or something like that. Yes. They... I mean, sorry, folks. We've been jumping around all over the place. But really, this movie has so many so many interesting details. But a, like a coherent plot line is kind of irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're kind of thin on what actually happened. Yeah, if you want chronological order, you'll have to watch the movie yourself. But, <laughs> but either way, uh, Harrison Ford's wife and child are speeding away in one vehicle... And Harrison Ford is in his personal vehicle after an, somebody tried to murder him on the street. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that is that is the thread we have forgotten. So Harrison Ford being friends with uh, the Lord Brit whose assassination attempt got thwarted. Well, that Lord is going to be visiting the United States. And he decides, hey, you know what? Let's see if we can, you know, meet up with our friend Harrison. And Harrison's like, yeah, okay. All right. That's cool. And by the same token, I'll meet up with my wife and daughter. We'll have lunch. Everything will be hunky-dory. But because the Lord is visiting the United States, the IRA unit that Patrick Bergen is in charge of coordinates with Sean Bean and Assassin Lady Girl and a couple other of their, their uh, soldiers. Yeah. And they travel across the ocean to the United States. And they've got a scene of them in a ship. On a fucking freighter. Yeah. They're on a freighter. They're in uncomfortable bunks. And they're like, God, it's so uncomfortable in these bunks. And they're like, shut up. We got to be this way because we're soldiers. Sean Bean is bitching nonstop about how uncomfortable he is. He truly is. While being a fugitive from the law after execution style murdering three police officers. (laughs) And hell bent on vengeance focused solely on Harrison Ford. You'd think he'd be like, man... I'm focused on... Who Benjamin. they know has ties to the CIA at this point. They know that he is at least related to the government. Yeah, because it comes out at the trial. And yeah, let's not forget they also have the scene of Sean Bean in his prison cell all by himself staring at an article that's been taped to the wall. Literally staring at Harrison Ford's picture, like memorizing every line of that jawbone and the scar under his chin and all of that. I wonder how many takes... How, how long Sean Bean had to just sit there on that little cot staring at a photo of Harrison Ford? They have so many close-ups of Sean Bean staring at things. What a thing to get paid for. Like, how was work? It was fine. I just went and stared, I mean, dude, that's stared why at a picture of Harrison Ford. One of a multitude of reasons to be an actor, dude. Come on. That's, that's your... And honestly, that jail cell day, it took at least a day... For them to shoot and make sure that they had everything that they wanted. One full day of just sitting on a cot staring at a picture of Harrison Ford. 
No, Sean, can you tweak your eyebrow just a little? Like, go for 10 seconds and then put we, the twitch in. We want you to look introspective, but also intense. Yes. Can you be intensely introspective? Yeah, got it. Yeah, okay. Now, Sean, in that 20-second mark where you kind of squinched your eyebrows together, instead of squinching, can you sort of squanch and then do a right tilt to your eyebrow? Which eyebrow? The right eyebrow. Now, do you want the right tilt or the left tilt on the right eyebrow? Okay. Can you tilt a little to the left okay. on the right side of the... I mean, dude, That's... you could just go for days with what it would be like for Sean Bean staring at a picture of Harrison Ford, dude. Days. <laughs> days just on that. <laughs> sure, man. <laughs> yeah, so long story short, uh, his wife and child are escaping... Sean mm -hmm. Bean opens the... Oh, the bitchin' van driving. There is a wicked van driving scene in yeah. this. Yeah, because they keep... After they're going to assassinate the Lord, they keep doing the side mission of trying to get the vengeance on Harrison Ford's... Not only just him, but his, his wife and his family. Yeah. So they target the daughter at the school, but they miss the school because there's, there's a lovely um, crossing guard... With like 30 students who holds up the Crossing chase. guard. That is a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Poor girl who probably in reality would have been driven over by these ruthless IRA terrorists. Well, but, hey, at least they had the good sense not to run over a bunch of Catholic school children. Well, yeah, that's true. That is true. As good Irish Catholics, there's no way they would have driven over Irish Catholic schoolgirls. If they were Protestants, it might be another story. But. No, there's a fucking real cool shot of uh, his wife driving and then the van pulling up, like, through the window shot of the van pulling up. Dude, okay. It's so goddamn good. It's one of the... Okay, uh, all right. This is one of the moments where you know that Hollywood stepped into the Patriot Games uh, action field and just lost their minds. Sean Bean opens up the side of the van. They're on a highway traveling about 50, 60 miles an hour. She's on the phone with Harrison Ford and holding the phone on her left ear so she can't just look or notice what's happening directly over her shoulder behind her where this van with the whole side of the door open and Sean being there with a fucking Uzi. Not They're pulling strapped, up. Not even strapped in. He's yeah. kind of flailing out the door. Yeah. And just like his arm looks yeah. like a goddamn fire hose just spraying bullets all over the place. Oh, well, now we're not done because he's pulling up like broad fucking daylight and uh, full... All these cars on the highway. And how do we know there are all these cars on the highway? Because while he's quote-unquote sneaking up on her, suddenly this other guy who's trying to, I don't know, change lanes, swerves in between both of them, gets between Sean Bean and her right at the moment he's trying to shoot at her. And he's like starting to yell like, hey, you guys are in my way or whatever. And you're just like, doesn't this guy see... Sean Bean holding a fucking Uzi. A man leaning out the door of this leaning van. Leaning out the door. With an automatic weapon. <laughs> Clearly in his hand. Broad fucking daylight. Broad fucking daylight. Nobody's doing anything. And she literally is on the phone like, oh wait, so you want me to meet you where? At the rules. restaurant? Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... 
Harrison Ford has to yell at an operator to cut into her phone call because yeah. she's on the goddamn phone. I'm Harrison Ford, damn it. I want you to interrupt her call. What do you mean I can't do that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, she straight up tells him, I can't do that. And he's like, her life is in danger. And then somehow that makes a difference and she can do it. Do you know who I am? You know, I have to say, what's hilarious is that's the one thing he does not say in this scene. He does not say, because by this time he is officially with the CIA, again. So he does not say, my name is Jack Ryan, I'm CIA operative number with this override code repertoire, and this is government official shap-a-da-boop, and make it happen. We don't see anything like that. He just literally is like, what do you mean I can't do it? Her life is in danger. And then suddenly it's done. Boom. It's crazy, he's, dude. He's hi officially hired on to the CIA while the under director is telling him, absolutely not. You cannot be part of this. Repeatedly. You are, you are personally involved in this <laughs> case. And yeah. you are riddled with PTSD and it is all overturned by James Earl Jones popping out of a secret door and just nullifying everything and saying, once you're again, hired. Once again, repeatedly. <laughs> This poor guy in the goatee is constantly trying to, I mean, very reasonably, very rationally saying, you're emotionally involved. Just like Chris is saying, you're emotionally involved. Not even you can't be doing You this. are directly involved. Yes. Yes. You are involved. We cannot even you, legally have you. You and your family are the ones being targeted. <laughs> you we know what? can't have this. And James Earl Jones just goes, ah, bullshit. Yeah. He's my buddy. Exactly. I mean, it is perfect. It's perfect. It's like James Earl Jones comes out and says, do you know who he is? He's Harrison Ford, damn it. He's an American. And everybody's like, oh my God, I didn't realize, Mr. Jones, sir, since you put it that way. And there's just the undersecretary who you can imagine every scene had a cut scene at the end where he just goes... Ah, for fuck's sake. You know what's <laughs> funny? What's funny is they literally do have a scene with Harrison Ford where after James Earl Jones is like, that's Harrison Ford, he's an American. They cut to Harrison Ford and he looks at Goatee Guy and he's just like, huh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, he sneers at him. I told you so. And it's just like, you petty bitch. <laughs> you know? I wish they had cut to goatee guy more with him going, oh, just, fuck. Just, just oh, he's James Earl Jones's friend. Head in his hand, just frustrated. Yeah, exactly. Have you heard? He's Harrison Ford. He's an American. He just gets whatever he wants <laughs> just because his daughter's love is more important. Now, okay, let's talk about at, that real at, quick. Up at night, interrupting his wife from her book, like... Honey, I don't know what the fuck to do about this guy. <laughs> Dude, waking like, up at night. I'm, oh, I'm Harrison. I'm really worried. <laughs> I well, think he's going to start an international incident. You know what? Okay. Let me let me bring this up because this popped into my head a little bit ago. You know, I think one of the big differences between uh, action movies from the 80s uh, and it, moving into the 90s is that the action heroes... As they were getting older, obviously they weren't going to... Insurance companies weren't going to allow them to do all that crazy yeah, shit. Yeah, your physicality just goes down naturally. Yeah, it starts to slide a little bit. You can do some stuff reasonably well. This is still in the 90s. You're still, you know, doing more practical effects than you're doing anything digital in terms of... I mean, there's no uh, body compositing or anything yeah. like that. 
So they're still doing a lot of their own stunts. So here's the point is that it seems to me that a lot more movies started to be about the agent who had the system or this, you know, like his attachment to the CIA to allow things to function for him Mm -hmm. so that he didn't have to personally take care of things like he would have in, you know, Indiana Jones, for example, you know, something like that. So I think with Harrison Ford, at least with his action movies, there was um, not just a progression away from the action hero, but more into even if he's going to be doing action movies, he's going to be doing this sort of stuff where he's uh, enabling larger, um, uh, more exciting events, if you will. And he's moving into that era of action hero, again, yeah, due to his age, where you have to make them a little bit more sophisticated, a little smarter, rather yeah. than just pure brawn. Yeah, yeah. To where, you know, he, oh yeah, he, it would be better if he is a CIA, CIA analyst. And obviously this was written by Tom Clancy in book form, but yeah. movies of this time did it all the time with the actors that were aging, as they were a smarter character who could yeah. still kick ass, yeah. mind you. But you can see them applying their experience to situations as well. Yeah, And because of the background that was established by previous work, whatever, now there are other people like the James Earl Jones enabler who will be like, yeah, yeah, okay, I, we know he sounds crazy, but I've learned you trust this or, this guy's crazy. Or anyone who ever met Chuck Norris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, so okay, so James Earl Jones has been enabling... Um, uh harrison ford that's an accurate term yep and uh and uh harrison ford has now okay so they well we should finish sean bean is leaning out the door of this van and shoots his wife's uh back windows and tires out and they go careening headfirst into uh a barrier on the highway now now at this point the mother has picked up the daughter from the school Sean Bean and his murder van hit squad has gone careening through heavy fucking traffic. And once again, hats off to the stunt team because they did all of that shit with real cars in the real van. Yeah, their IRA A team. Exactly. IRA A team. So, um, Sean Bean, you know, full side of the van door open. Sean Bean is no B.A. Baracus. But I would buy him as a good face. As face, I could buy him as that, and then you got Patrick Bergen as Hannibal. Uh, but uh, the lady, I don't know who she would be. It doesn't matter. She would be uh, Murdoch. There you go. But at any rate, so um, there's the shootout on the highway. I'm sorry, so I the mom, up the A team. The mom has the daughter. You did it to yourself. I know. The mom has the daughter in a Porsche 911. Hell yeah. And they're actually, they're doing all right on the highway driving, but Sean Bean's just, you know, he's a surgeon with this Uzi. And he sprays the, the, <laughs> the, the 911, the Porsche 911, uh, with, um, well, the entire magazine of bullets, it, it looks like. Yeah. And He uh, lo- really loses control of that thing. Yeah, he pretty much shreds the rear end of the car. And um, traffic being what it is, they lose control of the van, they crash in one direction, and she... Oh, no, no, no. They get away, actually. I'm wrong about that. She crashes front end into the whole... 
yeah um barrier uh the barrels the water barrels that they have for people to crash into but of course it's a Porsche and it's already been shredded by you know about 30 bullets and, and she hits it doing easily 70 80 miles an hour oh and yeah Sean Bean is just like yeah well they're fucking dead yep they're dead we <laughs> killed them and in any other situation he would be correct but this is Harrison Ford. But do you know who they are? This is Harrison Ford's family, damn it. <laughs> and he actually, from that point forward, Harrison Ford uses his daughter's love as the justification for uh, more than one uh, murder <laughs> that takes place. Because he goes in to yell at the fucking emergency room doctor. The doctor has to be like, man, calm down. Can I tell you the fucking results? Calm down, dude. And Harrison Ford is like, you tell me the results right now. I'm an American, well, damn it. Well, sir, we're, we're trying to... I'm, tell me! Yeah, you tell me! <laughs> and the doctor is still, even at that point, kudos to the doctor. The doctor is like... No, we're I'm, in a I'm, hospital. I'm, I'm trying to tell you. Sir. Yes. And by the way, simply calm you, down. Your wife head-on collision at sixty miles an hour at least. Yeah. All she has is a concussion. She'll yeah. be fine. Your we daughter. Were worried about the. But concussion, your daughter, follow me into this other separate room. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you want to talk about, uh, you know, picking your moments to deliver your news. I mean, probably I, I separating them like that. I can't tell you this worse news in this big room. Let's go to a smaller room so I can tell you the real bad news. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there Once is... Once you notice little shit like that, movies do that all the time. Let's move from this wide open area. I'll tell you this bad news in a much smaller location. Playing the moments, man. Playing the moments. That's what it is, you know? And uh, and so, uh, his, I actually... I was going to say, though... Also, when we're talking about the intelligence of the uh, character and uh, trying to follow them along, unfortunately, this screenplay doesn't give us a lot of opportunities to recognize uh, the intelligence of Harrison Ford's character because what were we saying throughout this whole thing? He's a CIA analyst. He knows there's a terrorist who's targeting him. And he specifically. keeps... Him specific, and specifically. And his family. And he keeps walking around in the open, going shopping, going, like, not even a security detail until after his wife and daughter are uh, hospitalized. The daughter actually gets shot. That's part of what happens, is it's not just the crash. Sean Bean actually shoots the daughter. She loses her spleen of all bizarrely... Useless. Okay, if you gotta lose an organ, let's have you lose the spleen. Yeah, let's be. You know, we'll be real specific, but it's something that you can come back from. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. Is my God, will she live? Of course she lives. Of course the daughter lives. But, but here's the funny thing: is that they tell him that his wife has a concussion. They're keeping her overnight. Uh huh. He goes. He brings her back to that fucking house where they know that they, the terrorists, know they live there. Oh yeah. They 100% know. That's what I'm saying, dude. And, but not only does he bring his wife back there, he immediately rushes off to work. Doesn't go back to the hospital to be with his daughter. Doesn't yeah. stay with his wife to yeah. make sure that she's recuperating. Immediately we starts pouring even... over files and just jabbering incoherently in this meeting until Rose, his secretary, has to tell him, like, Jack. Okay, calm down. Jack, yeah. here's what I found. And he goes, oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, actually, okay, so 
So they make a big deal. Okay, so there's a few things here. <laughs> they make a big deal out of him. Um, okay, James Earl Jones has already offered him a job twice to come back. He's already refused twice. So the hit goes down on his daughter and his wife. He finds out his wife's going to be okay. Like Chris says, he gets his wife firmly ensconced in an open house with no security that everybody knows where with she is. With ADT there setting stuff up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, just punch in this number on the wall. I'm bedridden. I can't get to the wall. You'll be fine, dear. I'm going to work. So he goes to the CIA office. I have to personally go find these goddamn terrorists. Exactly. He goes to the CIA office and demands that they hire him back. Goatee guy is flat out saying, no, you can't. You're personally involved. You can't do it. James Earl Jones comes out and says, hire that motherfucker. Harrison Ford sneers at him. And then he gets laid down with five years of fucking files and he's got three days to get up to speed with what the fuck's going on. Leaves his wife at home. Leaves his kid in the hospital. There's no notification of security or anything about take care of my wife and family because I have no fucking life. I'm buried in files. They introduce Rose, who's a woman who knew him before he quote unquote in, retired. In his old CIA days. In his old CIA days. And she has got her shit together so well that while he's babbling a bunch of nonsense about gables and corals and things and relationships of X to Y and all while, this nonsense. While everybody else at the CIA is literally saying to him, not literally, but very much saying to him, Jack, what the fuck are you talking about? They are openly staring at him like, does none of this make sense to, does anybody, it's like when Beethoven was deaf trying to explain his compo- compositions uh-huh. to people. So Rose comes in and is like, you doddering old man, you've been here, uh, you've been away too long. Tell you what, here's how we do it. You do X, Y, and Z. And he literally puts his hand behind his head like, Wow! <laughs> Oh my God, Rose, you totally blew my mind. And she's like, your daughter's love is more important, Jack. Harrison. Harrison, Jack, Ford. Ford, Mm. Jack, Harrison. (laughs) At any rate. So, um, yeah, so Rose is a saint and we love her. And uh, she helps keep Harrison on point as they spend quite a bit of the movie now with his wife somewhere his daughter you in know, the hospital in the hospital recovering we assume they're both going to be safe while the ira guys are out training in a desert this was around the time yeah, of the iraq so- war very much like they were showing fucking iraqis training in deserts the yeah military training now because if you if you want to be soldiers, you gotta train like real soldiers. That's why we're leaving an active war zone in Ireland to come to the deserts of the United States to shoot guns. Well, now, okay, so they weren't in the deserts of the United States, but they were in the deserts of like you know Iraq or Afghanistan or something like that. They had to have been in the United States. No, no, no. How no, did no. they get to the places they got to then? Because they're in a source, a resourceful international crack team of terrorists. You weren't paying attention to the movie. For example, Chris, <laughs> let Fuck me also. You. T- <laughs> so don't forget, we had Richard Harris as the lead spokesman, and there's a point where he does his whole press routine saying these guys are not related to us they're a rogue unit of the ira 
And this quote-unquote rogue unit led by Patrick Bergen, he's made a deal with these other terrorists who are training over in, you know, wherever this desert place is. And I would love That's the opportunity the to tell Jack Ryan himself that I'm, uh, I'm sorry for the events that transpired. Mm-hmm. The, we mean him no harm. Yes, and if I could personally speak with him, that's what I would say. So now, then he barges into the hospital. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is Jack goes, Ryan here? Mr. Ryan! <laughs> I demand to speak to you. And Harrison Ford gets completely <laughs> indignant and rude. Now... He's not as indignant as and rude as Roy Scheider was to Roddy McDowell in Blue Thunder. But there is a similar sort of cross-the-pond hatred. No, he just shushes him and walks away. <laughs> yeah, he literally holds up his finger like, Wait, don't you dare speak to me, Irishman. You... Yeah. <laughs> it's like, look at my finger. This is all that needs to be said between us. Look at the intensity on my face. Do you do get do the you, message? Do you know who I am? I'm Harrison Ford, damn it. God I'm damn an American. It. You Irish man. Shut your Irish man speech. And of course, Richard Harris is duly impressed because he's only Irish and mm-hmm. Harrison Ford is uh, is an American. <laughs> God damn right. God damn right. It's only a few years away from being the president. Uh, so Harrison Ford goes insists on being the CIA agent. They take him back in. Then he does, you know, he abandons his family to do his research on his crusade of vengeance. He sure does, Sean <laughs> And he figures out, oh my God, you know what? There is actually a woman who's been associated with all of these assassinations. We shouldn't be looking for Sean Bean. We should be looking for this woman. And everybody's like, you insane bastard. You're telling us you recognize her because she flipped her hair one time and you kind of remember seeing that at a terrorist bombing or assassination attempt while you were on vacation. Yeah. We don't believe a fucking word of Jack. <laughs> it's pretty thin, Jack. And of course, what there's the, James Earl what Jones. What the absolute goddamn hell are you blathering about? But again, there's James Earl Jones going, maybe it's worth looking into. So at, at one point, he straight up tells him, I don't need you to be certain that that's her. I just need you to be pretty sure. And then yeah. we'll go attack them. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Fuck? Yeah, yeah. And this is right on the heels of Harrison Ford telling Goatee Guy, look, all I need you to do is reprogram all of the satellites to change their flight times over the planet so that we can record them at a different time, a time they're not expecting, and I, all I need is your approval to do it. And he's like, do you know how difficult that would be? And his response is just, yes. <laughs> I, I yeah pretty much said, yeah I'm sure. Harrison Ford damn it yeah. <laughs> it's a, for for him I'm an American for, we're all Americans here for, well I'm Harrison Ford damn it and for, my daughter's love yeah for him never saying it once <laughs> there is a whole lot of implied well why are we doing this well because it's Harrison Ford yeah uh huh and there's we even, are. there's even a moment you called it there was a moment where. He asks for something. They say no. He says, oh, come on, man. They say no again. And he says, oh, come on, just be a buddy. And the guy's like, well, okay. All right. (laughs) And you're just like, hold on a minute. How does that even 
But it, you know, so, okay. All right. Um, so, all right. I'm a very persuasive man. So Harrison Ford uh, has done probably, what, a month or two months of looking at satellite photos. And then we get the uh, Blade Runner steal where he's looking at the satellite camp and he's like, advanced to frame 78 over B horizontal. And the computer just goes, and, you know, zips in. Just literally, just like fucking Blade Runner, only he's there with Ted Raimi. God damn right. Oh, God bless you, Ted Raimi. Which, you know, neither of us would have ever noticed, but we had to take a piss break. So we paused the movie. Uh huh. And on Amazon, it pops up the cast of the scene. I happened to see, like, Ted fucking Raimi. Ooh, where is he? Yeah. And he gets quite a speaking role. Good role, yeah, and good eye spotting him uh, coming in. He's one of the CIA analysts, and he's working directly with uh, Harrison Ford looking at satellite photos and things. And what's, what's really funny about that scene is it's hmm. one of the microscopes with two eye holes, and Sam Raimi is using both, and Harrison Ford refuses to. He only uses one eye to look through the thing. He only needs one eye. He's Harrison <laughs> Ford, damn it. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they tried to tell him, like, Harrison, like, there, there's two eye holes. You can use both. Oh, it's a microscope. You I only, only need a, the one. You, you only use well, one for a microscope. And what's, what's even better about that is he's literally going, you look at that. You tell me, what do you see? And Ted <laughs> Raimi's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> of course so, I was right. Vindicate me. <laughs> so they find uh, the female assassin because they've changed the schedule of the satellites circling the globe. And um, they find the female assassin in my favorite uh, uh, Blade Runner searching scene because they go to all the frames and he zooms in and he enhances. And they literally, they do far more zooming and enhancing than is absolutely necessary for him to figure out what he's looking at. Which but, is, of course... Tits. Tits. <laughs> yeah. The best line Harrison Ford's ever delivered. He does his zoom and enhance on a nice rack, and he actually, he smirks, just like he smirked at the goatee guy. Like, <laughs> that's right. He goes, <laughs> tits. And then, boom, cut. Yep, okay, we found the girl. Are you sure it's the girl? Well, I know it's a pair of tits. I'm going to guess it's the girl. Well, that's good enough for me. Which is the funniest part, because, yeah, we both lost our minds. <laughs> and I remember saying, uh, oh, I had forgotten about that, and Brad confidently was just like, I didn't. <laughs> One of the best lines in the movie. One of the best lines in Hollywood history. There you go. Just Harrison Ford proclaiming tits. Yep. Uh-huh. Victoriously. Victoriously. Tits. Yes. Uh-huh. Yep, best bit. So, okay. What a hero. Yeah. Well, you know, this is, this. Oh, I, I will admit, this is not Indiana Jones. Okay. No. <laughs> but he's Very doing few what things he can. are. So, uh, so, okay, they identify based off of uh, this woman's breasts and a couple of intercepted emails that this is possibly quite likely the base where the IRA is training with um, the other terrorist groups, and they order a U.S. hit squad, which entails two helicopters and a crack team of eight uh, special forces soldiers who come in by night, and the sequence is this whole sort of satellite overwatch thing, which is kind of interesting to see. 
Yeah, there's the really good shot of the uh, troops coming over the horizon mm-hmm. at uh, either dawn or dusk, I, I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah, sometime of night. Yeah, it's the transition, so there's very soft light from behind them, mm-hmm. and they're coming mm-hmm. over the horizon and down like a sand dune. It's a really good shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then they go to uh, satellite coverage, which actually, the movie, when was this, 97 or something like this? Oh, way before that. This is like 94. Okay, yeah. I was looking at this sequence of how this um, this um, assault, essentially on a camp where most of the people are uh, asleep, and they're taking out guards on the perimeter and then sneaking into tents and blowing people away who either have the misfortune of uh, being discovered in their pajamas, basically, mm-hmm. or uh, just being straight killed in their sleep Mm -hmm. it's a death squad it's a cia sanctioned death squad don't you think a movie that would have been done in like 2010 2012 would have had a lot more frames of um the actual assassinations themselves rather than cutting to reactions and other things like live feed or time of you know the other information related to the battle because it seems to me on on this watch um, that the way that the sequence is edited together, they try to focus on the concept that these people are losing their lives. Like Harrison Ford is really reacting like this is this is really pretty crazy that all of these people are dying, even though he's basically the whole reason this operation is taking place. Oh, he's the sole reason that this is taking place. Exactly. But doesn't it seem to you that like for an audience, say maybe... 20 years ahead that um, they would have already kind of understood the nature of the communications dynamic and you would have juxtaposed more of the actual assassinations taking place from this sort of overwatch look as opposed to like just the hints and the few glimpses of things that we actually did see versus all of the other cutaways to like different pieces of information on the computer board and then Harrison Ford reacting to other people's reactions and such. You see what I'm saying? I I say, I guess I don't understand your question because that was a very long question. It seems to me that... And um, I also, I don't watch a lot of, like, war movies. Like, uh I've never seen, like, your Zero Dark Thirties or any of this shit. Like, Catherine Bigelow-y kind of shit. Like, Hurt Locker or any of that. I've never really watched any of that. It doesn't really interest me because, like, I... just Well, you're not a patriot, that's all. Well, and that kind of shit, it just... I don't know. Like, when you're portraying things that actually, like, really happen... Like... Yeah, nitty yeah. gritty war shit. Like, well, I don't want to watch this. Like, it, I well, know. I do need a certain sort of, um, uh, let's say, fictional separation to my war movies and things. Yes. I'm fine with a movie based in World like, War Two, but like I don't this... want to watch a movie that's about you know some of the more yeah, specific. Like, like this, it, yeah, it didn't bother me quite so much. But yeah, when it's very realistically portrayed and just like, man, like. Violence like that I, isn't really entertainment to me. Like, I watch a lot of horror movies with a lot of killing, but like... Well, that I, I guess that's people, what prompts the question, because... I, I get, I have, I'm not one to, you know, be the censor police and say you shouldn't do it in a film. It's just something that I personally know that 
I don't really enjoy watching, so I have no real way to answer your question. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this was cut fine to yeah. me. Like, it didn't show, like, the real disgusting parts of war that I think the mm-hmm. little, the few of them that I have seen really kind of, like, throw it in your face. And it's just like, man. That's I, exactly I, my I, question. Because I understand it seems to war me like as hell, more, but I don't need to see it realistically. Just movie, it seems movie to me it like more contemporary movies, and I hate saying it like that given how dialogue is taking place with um, what seems to be the majority of subjects on social media. But let's just say movies that were done like in 2010, 2012 this sort of thing where you had war movies taking place, if they were doing some sort of, like, um, oversight with um, a satellite observing action happening below, it seems to me like um, they would be more violent. Um, Just because we're already now very familiar with what this technology is. So it was kind of interesting to me. And this is just purely, it it occurs to me now, this is just purely technical observation from movie construction thing. has nothing to do with the story at all. But it just seems to me that somehow this was a lot more tame than it could have been given the, the... context of what that scene is actually about you know let's say just, just on an off tangent it kind of relates to what you're saying though there's a actually a pretty good movie i forget the name of it but ethan hawks in it mm. where he is a drone pilot oh okay. like he flies the drones that kill shitloads of people and has oh, okay. like a mental breakdown over it hmm. mm-hmm. so and it does show a lot of that just like on the screen but you know lives were lost kind yeah of yeah thing. yeah yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that kind of an example where it would be like, okay, uh, we don't need so many inserts of what the information is coming from, you know, the Overwatch system. Let's actually focus on and especially in these what computers from the early to mid '90s. Yeah, you know, on one hand, the technology is interesting, but on the other hand, particularly, and okay, so getting back to the movie itself specifically, and not so much technical stuff, they keep showing Harrison Ford. Like, reacting like he's somehow, I'm not sure, regretting or um, uh, upset to see these this assassination squad go in and just take out everybody in the camp. I mean, zero... Oh, they just mop the fucking <clears throat> floor with these IRA dudes. Not only do they... Uh, go in with the hit squad. The hit squad hits its timing because there's this very narrow window for them to come in, kill everybody, and get the fuck out. After they get the fuck out, they fucking bomb it with missiles, airstrikes, so nobody's surviving that thing. And then they go, okay, successful mission. Well, good job. And James, James Earl Jones is actually like, well, I hope it was worth it. Yeah, you know, and you're just like, holy shit, man! And so they're showing Harrison Ford reacting like, oh wow, that was really uh, pretty intense. I don't know if that was the right thing to do. And it's like, dude, you are the one. You called it. Could you at least show, like, yeah, okay, that was the right thing, you know? Yeah, because from this point, he seems really forward, ambivalent toward it. Yeah, well, it seems like from this point moving forward, if you did not make the right call, you know you're fucking guilty for these murders. You uh-huh. know, and they never go back to it. They never really address it. They just have 
you know, Sean Bean and his little hit squad of people actually bugged out like the day before, so they missed him. So, okay, they took out a bunch of terrorists, but they still didn't take out the terrorists that they wanted to. So, you know, how does Harrison Ford feel about that? We don't know. Doesn't matter because, you know, he's still leaving his family pretty much unprotected. Yeah. <laughs> there's, uh, there's also the short, bald uh, bookstore guy. I, oh, that, right. That entire fucking subplot, narratively, I don't think needed to be there whatsoever. Well, because yeah, what because... did he do? He was basically, uh, he would get he, He's messages. an organizer. Yeah, he would get messages from the female assassin and send them up the chain for... For equipment and gear for actions that they wanted to do. And they spoke in some sort of code because he worked out of a bookstore. And the code would always uh, allow you to, in a shorthand way, get your message across. And then he would either take your order and um, go carry it up the chain and make sure you got the equipment or whatever the fuck you needed. And... um, and so he was a functionary within the IRA. And then um, they, they, find a, they find a bug in his bookstore, a camera. Yeah. It's in his, like, uh, light socket, not light socket, but his, like, overhead lamp. Now, this is another thing that doesn't really kind of make that much sense. Because you've got British intelligence um, surveilling the um, bookstore guy through a camera that's been built into a light fixture in his building. For whatever reason, the light fixture starts smoking. Because the uh, electrical system was set up before the war. The first one. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they do that. Yeah, because the repairman says that it was set up in like 1913. And he's like, ah, Jesus Christ. Now, here's the thing. And you just hit the nail on the head. Things start smoking. The Brit guys who are observing the camera are like, uh-oh, there seems to be a problem. Oh, so they notice that this guy who's under surveillance calls in a repairman. Do they substitute a repairman agent to n- not have their camera discovered? No, they let or, any old random repair guy go in. Nor do they move in to apprehend him whatsoever when they can clearly see on camera that he knows the camera is there and is preparing to flee. They do a whole sequence where the the technician is like, Hey, wait a minute. What's this thing? And pulls this out. yanks it out of the ceiling. And this is an electrician. Like, he's never seen one of these things before. He's like, huh, this is strange. Do you know what this is? He's a fucking repairman. He probably hasn't seen a government camera hidden in a fucking light fixture before. Well, okay. All right. Let's put it this way. (laughs) If you're an electrician. That is an odd thing to just find in a bookstore, Brad. (laughs) Okay, I'll grant you it's an odd thing to find in a bookstore. However, you're a, you're an electrician. You have an experience with wiring all sorts of different kinds of things. You see this thing that's in here. That shouldn't be. That should not be, and it's got a little glass fixture on the end of it. Obviously, you don't connect. As an electrician, it is logical that you go, oh, you know what? I think this might be one of them camera things. What you don't do... Hey, you got a fucking camera in your ceiling, man. What you don't do is yank this thing down about four fucking feet, show it to the owner and say, what does this look like to you? Do you know what this is? And the owner's like, no, I don't know what that is. Grabs his hat and his coat and fucking runs. But I have to go. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he takes off in a very stupid chase sequence on foot. And well, you know, I mean maybe it's stupid by American action movie standards, but for British 
uh, investigational movie standards, it's very common. Where they go, oh my god, there's a back door, back door to this building? Holy shit! How did he get away from us? So my god, this whole... My God, he's disappeared. He took off his hat. The, the man is a criminal genius. Yes. Uh-huh. So he shows up on the desert compound in his fucking... How he got there, we have no idea. Where he got those like khaki shorts and fatigue tops, yeah. not a clue. But he was dressed for the part because he yeah. wants to come along. He's like, hey, I can shoot a gun. That's where we see Sean Bean's second... Point blank execution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now let's talk about that because okay, uh, this one, this is this is the guy who's been basically the fixer for the IRA. Why he would choose specifically to leave and meet them in the desert as opposed to go to Richard Harris and say, hey. Let me hide out in somebody's basement till all of this cools down because I know everybody and I can help communicate with everybody else. No, he goes out to the desert to Sean Bean, who's training with a bunch of who knows who out in the desert. And once again is a spitting image of fucking Timothy McVeigh. And And he says to him, hey, look, I can shoot a gun. I can be useful, whatever. And Patrick Bergen looks at Sean Bean. Sean Bean throws his gun at the guy. Throws... His gun at the guy. Yeah, just hucks it at him. Yeah, and the guy's like, oh, gee, oh, uh, okay. So uh, goes to try and shoot it. Can't figure out how to operate it. Now, folks, we're talking about an AK-47. This is not a difficult gun to fire. And particularly if this guy, even if he was a fucking accountant, if he worked for any sort of terrorist organization, he would be familiar with how fucking AK-47 functions. The gun is designed to be the simplest gun to fire ever. He may have never handled one, sure, but he has seen someone handle one before. Without a doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. So he gets this gun tossed in his hands, can't figure out... He can't figure out where the safety is. Sean Bean yanks the gun away from him. Patrick Bergen goes, sorry, really sorry. Walks away, just like he said, no, I'm not going to have a beer with you. No. You know, and Sean Bean shoots him directly in the face, neck, and chest. Yeah, uh huh. Multiple bullets, more bullets than were necessary. <laughs> Let's say <laughs> from eight inches away. Yep, it sure was. Yeah, I mean, AK forty-seven to, as you describe, head, chest, neck. Yeah, basically, uh, guys, paste. And okay, Sean Bean's expression doesn't really change all that much. No, because uh, point blank executing three police officers before that will fundamentally change you as a human being. Well, and it's an interesting scene. Regardless of your convictions, summarily executing three people like that will change you. Yeah, and it's an interesting scene because uh, uh, before his brother dies... We see that Sean Bean is like a little bit nervous about, you know, the action that they're going to go on. And he's putting on a brave face, but he doesn't want his brother to mess up because, you know, this is for real. And, you know, so then his brother dies. He goes to prison. He goes through. Well, he doesn't go to prison. He gets arrested. And we see a relatively um, uh, uh, reserved interrogation scene shall we say for the brits versus the irish in uh in um this kind of a conversation with, with discount eric idol <laughs> yeah with discount eric idol who actually is like you know i don't i don't really think you're all, right. all that bad of a guy 
So they go off. And We're getting back to the very beginning of the movie here, Brad. My point with all of this is the progression of Sean Bean to this psychotic, uh, vengeful murderer. By the time they bust him out of uh, his captivity, he murders these three fucking cops. Patrick Bergen just basically hands him the pistol and says, you do it. And Sean Bean says, okay. Yeah, Takes I want all to. three of them out. They're laying face down with their hands behind their backs, and he shoots them point blank. So this is a guy that you know, if this report gets back to Harrison Ford, why is he not putting a security detail on his family? All of that stuff. So now flash forward, here we go. Uh, they Sean Bean kills the librarian guy. They bug out of the base because essentially this librarian guy showing up tells them, okay, they're on to us. They get the fuck out of there. Harrison Ford orders the hit on the base. The base gets wiped out anyway, even though they're not there. Harrison Ford's like, oh, okay, so uh, Lord British guy wants to come and hang out at my house again for some fucking reason. Yeah, because they want to invite <laughs> Harrison Ford to like a uh, an awards ceremony for stopping this terrorist attack. Right. And uh-huh. he can't make it, but he's offered for you to come to him. He says, what, at his private residence? Oh, sure. How droll. That sounds delightful, right? Harrison have- Ford won't come to our event. We have to come to his. Because- but he's Harrison Ford, damn it. We have not mentioned Samuel L. Jackson once. <laughs> oh, yes. Sorry, Sam. Now, uh, he's not running around saying motherfucker. No, not one motherfucker. No, uh-uh. This is the pre-motherfucker Sam Jackson. Uh, but... He doesn't die in this movie either. Unlike Sean Bean, Sam Jackson makes it through this movie. He doesn't die. Oh, no, he just cowers by the rocks. But he does get to hold a gun. Then he saves the family. Yes, and he does basically guard uh, the wife and daughter and the British lord uh, while the British lord's uh, detail gets assassinated and taken out by the mole. So, yeah, so effect- effectively, uh, he invites... Molly, 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 Molly. Yeah, the, the British Lord, Sam Jackson, and a couple other, what look like just dignitaries, yeah. to this uh, gigantic feast mm-hmm. to celebrate his daughter getting out of the hospital. Yes, uh-huh. So when she should be home resting with no... She now has to face <laughs> a room full of strangers, adults who have no real good reason to be in her face. <laughs> no, this is the, the day she came home from the hospital yeah. out of the intensive care unit yeah. from a terrorist attack. Yeah, exactly. You know what, honey? The Lord of British whatever the fuck wants to meet you. Yeah. Uh, Dad, my spleen is just honey. We're going to have turkey and we're going to drink brandy. Your daughter... My daughter, daughter, your love is important to me, daughter. However, (laughs) I'm Harrison Ford, damn it. And you're going to greet this British lord because I'm an American. We're all Americans, daddy. I'm Harrison Ford. (laughs) God damn it all. (laughs) So uh, the the power is cut in the house. The house full of uh, basically sitting ducks. Yeah. House full of sitting ducks, a storm is a brewing because oh, it's the a house raging outside. House overlooks the ocean, a storm comes in from the ocean, lightning, all of this stuff. Power goes out, Harrison naturally assumes it's from the storm. Mm-hmm. Then he looks out the window and now wait a minute, the barn lights, for whatever fucking reason, the barn lights are all on 
And that means the power can't be cut because it's all on the same line. Somebody must have cut. Because I always leave my boathouse lights on. <laughs> Constantly. So somebody must have cut the power to the main house, which means, holy crap, Sean Bean's still alive and he's coming to kill all of us. Yep. Uh, cut to exterior shot of a bunch of, of people getting police. killed. Yeah, a bunch of <laughs> dead officers. <laughs> yeah. So Harrison Ford's not wrong. No, he isn't, but, you know, kind of slow on the uptake. And now, also, uh, the British Lord, the Mole, reveals himself as a, a sympathizer to the IRA. Yep. And he, Harrison Ford and Sam Jackson beat him mercilessly for it. They do. <laughs> they do. They literally, they beat the crap out of this guy. And continually tell him, like, Give us the information that he want that we want. Yeah, and, see and now, he just, and he just does. Well, this is a great, another great uh, Hollywood interrogation scene. They beat the piss out of this guy, and they're who's, like, "Who is like sixty? He's yeah. not like he's, <laughs> he, he's not like the mini boss before the big bad. Yeah, he's not like some trained. Yeah, he's uh, not an soldier. elder. He's not an elderly man, but he is uh, advanced yeah. in his years. Yeah, exactly. He's he's a, uh, like what an executive, an administrative executive. He's yeah. not a guy who's trained to resist torture techniques, right? No, and Samuel L. Jackson, trained military man, and Harrison Ford. CIA man, yeah. beat the living shit out of him in his basement. Go to town, hold him down and say, tell us what we want to know. He literally says, I'll never talk. And then they shoot him in the fucking, what, the leg? Yeah. <laughs> leg or chest, you. right? But they shoot this it's guy. A, it's a non-lethal shot. I assumed it was like, yeah, the thigh or the knee or something. Yeah, okay. So somewhere Hollywood thinks is not lethal, okay? So they shoot this guy. And, uh, you know, cause a traumatizing damage, blood pouring out, wound. Don't even check on it. Just hold the gun to his chest and say, how about now? And the guy goes, oh, my God, they're coming in at 1230. One guy's five foot six. The other guy's five foot ten. They weigh 180 pounds. This is his birthday. One of them's named Danny. Yeah. His yeah. mother's maiden name yeah. is O'Malley. There's yeah. there's Danny O'Malley. There's Jimmy O'Shaughnessy. There's April O'Brien. You know, there's all of that bullshit. And, uh, and he just sings, and they're like, okay, all right, that tells us everything we need to go to defend the house. Which, of course, you know. So at this point, <laughs> they're in the basement, and they see that just the breaker has been turned off. Yeah. Even, <laughs> the power yeah, wasn't even cut. Favorite. They just shut the breaker off. No cables cut. No sophisticated equipment, no, you know, like, like jimmying or wiring like they you normally see. They the switch to the off position. It's literally, it's just off. And Harrison Ford actually looks at it and goes, contemplates for hmm. a moment turning back on the lights, which would mean that every single person upstairs is no longer a sitting duck. Yeah, is no longer in such immediate danger because now they can actually see. They could see the threat coming if the threat was actually coming. Meanwhile, now, the IRA guys have night vision goggles. Yeah, and Harrison Ford actually does a bit where he, he like, with his hand, he's like, should I? He reaches, no. he reaches for the switch and decides against it. Yeah, so then he goes stealthing on his way while his wife and his daughter are upstairs going, what and the fuck is going on? innocent people while he and Sam Jackson hunt these IRA guys in his massive estate. Because at this point... They still have not told their dinner guests that there's a hit squad that's shown up to assassinate them. 
No, no, no. No, not yet. They no. still have Inst- some stealthing to do. Instead, his wife's just running around with an empty shotgun. Yeah. Wife comes across. She goes upstairs, comes across a guy, finds a shotgun, which for, I mean, in no American's house do you have a shotgun with no shotgun shells. Uh, either in it or readily available right next to it. That, that That's not an American household. Unless your weirdo <laughs> CIA analyst husband just moved yeah. them at random. Yeah, exactly. Which, apparently he did. Yeah, he's got them hidden behind the honey jar or some crazy thing like that. Makes no sense. But so, the wife is left to use the shotgun like a club. Oh, and um, she sure does. She does it very effectively. She hits uh, um, uh, the IRA lady uh-huh. because, of course, it's lady on lady crime. You couldn't, you know, have her like belt a guy with the butt of the shotgun, no, even though she sure should it is have. A dude. No, it's the lady. It's is the it? lady girl who who Gosh, takes it's, it. It's right the, la- in the, face. the lady girl. Yeah, you know that one with the tits who <laughs> T- uh, takes tits. it. <laughs> but uh, she gets knocked unconscious. The wife, daughter, get away. They go upstairs because, you know, upstairs is always the best place to hide for some reason. Well, yeah, the bad guys are outside. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the boggins that is the Irish people are outside. <laughs> so uh, it's Harrison Ford and uh, Sam Jackson. And they actually, they do pretty well uh, clearing out the first round of assassins coming into the house while they get up to the wife. Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> Man, usually Sam Jackson, at this point in his career, Sam Jackson had the Sean Bean uh, track record where he died in every movie, right? But <laughs> And he also had gotten to speak, the, I'm pretty sure at this point he had been in True Romance <laughs> where he got to say the line, oh hell yeah, I ate the pussy, I ate the butt, I ate every motherfucking thing. <laughs> Which is probably my favorite Sam Jackson line of all time. Man, I haven't seen True Romance in forever. You're fine. You we know. should watch that movie. That's Why? A good one. It's a good one. There's nothing wrong with that movie. Yeah. Patricia Arquette was still hot. I mean, she's still kind of hot So now, what are you but... talking about? Actually, she is uh, one of my very first crushes. Nightmare on I Elm can Street see why. Th- Nightmare on Elm Street 3 did that for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Ooh, that boy. The and uh, and uh, David Lynch's Lost Highway. Oh, dude, Ooh, of course, boy. Lost Highway. Woo! Thank you, Patricia Arquette, for Lost Highway. And David Lynch, you perverted motherfucker. You speaking of doddering old men. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, David seriously, Lynch. please, Mr. Lynch, just t- shut up. T- Stay t- off social media. Today, just... the weather in yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah, come on. No, no, done with you. Um, at any rate, so. Uh, Harrison Ford and Sam Jackson get uh, the Lord, the wife, and the daughter out of the house and somehow climb down these ropes. No, no, no. The IRA guys set those up. They somehow just got to the bottom. Oh, yeah. They magically got to the bottom because we never see them climb down the ropes. We have no idea. Sean Bean, Patrick Berg, and an IRA lady all set up repelling ropes and yeah. rappel down a cliffside. It's what? incredible. How? What? How? And I mean, Harrison Ford... There's clearly a path that they could have just taken down there. Dude, how many different cars are sitting in front of the house that you could just run around real quick, right? Hop in the cars... 
start it up. I'm sure the Lord's vehicle that he showed it up in probably had some sort of bullet-resistant material on it. And you're telling me that nobody thought to get any keys. Nobody thought, no, we got to go climbing down a mountain, mountain somehow, magically, either off of a trail or floating down with a, you know, a feather but, fall but spell. Brad, Brad. Yeah. Brad. Yes. But at the bottom, there's two boats. <laughs> See, now... How the, are we going to have the finale if there's not boats? Well, not two Dumb boats. Ass. Two boats. And why two boats when the hit squad is certainly... I mean, one boat is big enough from what we can see. But we need to have two boats because... Okay, Cause not we need to only... Because we need to see Sean Bean, boat expert, just ripping ass in a boat in a storm. Dude, this movie... And executing two more people. <laughs> this movie is so awesome. Okay. The guy who um, was the mole gives up the whole escape route for the assassination squad, which is why Harrison Ford and Sam Jackson magically, you know, get the people down to the edge of the beach. Mm -hmm. Because this mole says, we're going to have these two boats. That's our escape route. So, okay. Why they needed two boats, once again... Only well, the was, Hollywood writers well, needed two be, boats to pull off this bullshit ending. <laughs> there was supposed to be a lot more dudes. Not that many people were supposed to be killed inside the house. I don't know why, because they're going up against Harrison Ford. Yeah, they know what... <laughs> and he's an American, damn it. God and damn. you're hitting him in his home where his daughter's love matters more than any terrorist life. Except for I have to get back to this party. I have Excuse to get back me. to the party, though. But he's Harrison Ford, damn it. All so, right. okay. So, okay. Harrison Ford is like, okay, Sam, protect my family and this British Lord guy because he just made me a knight, which means my wife's a lady and, you know. Yep. Um, uh, also, my wife's pregnant. So. Oh, uh, God damn it. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, there is that little detail in the plot, too. But Harrison Ford Settle is down. going to do Settle the noble. screenwriter. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's an alien baby. <laughs> Um, but so here's also Hitler. <laughs> so Harrison Ford's going to do the noble sacrifice and uh, draw the hit squad away by taking one of the boats and running hell or high water off yep. and drawing the assassination team because naturally they would think, well, obviously they stole one of every, our boats. Every single person must be on board. Yeah. And why would they only steal one boat and leave the other one for us to follow along in? You know, and not, I you mean, know, it must be them. Sink it or anything. Yeah, uh-huh, not try to sabotage it somehow, you know. Just take the fucking spark plugs out. So, and this is the other thing that gets me. Now, okay, they're on the the beach, mm -hmm. and they keep showing that this is like, you know, fall weather and all of this stuff. Harrison Ford had to swim out to the boat. The hit squad had to swim out to the boat. That ocean water is not... Oh, it is rough seas, my friend. Yeah, and they show them having to swim way the fuck out to these boats, and they still manage to catch up to fucking Harrison Ford. It is such a disaster outside that mm -hmm. the wind blows the top of Harrison Ford's boat off. Yeah, blows the top of his boat off. And, the the and, little canopy in the cockpit area blows yeah, well, it right the Well, they've been shooting off. at him, too. Well, yeah, of course so, they had been. Yeah, and of course they haven't been hitting him, but they've been hitting that fucking canopy. And so it comes off in the high winds, and they see, oh, wait, the British Lord, 
He's not on the boat. It's just Harrison Ford. And so Patrick Bergen and Assassin Lady Girl are like, oh, turn it around. We're supposed to get the British Lord. Yeah, we are going way outside of what we need to be doing. We can accomplish our objective if you would just simply turn around. It's always, always been about the British Lord. And Sean Bean is like, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's always been about, I don't know what my accent is. It's about Harrison Ford. Right? And so he whips around and he kills Patrick Bergen and Assassin Lady Girl. Point blank again. Point blank. I mean, we're talking like like uh, there. It should not be as clean as it looks on camera. The way that they. No. Yeah. Uh huh. So so they both go down, and now he's full on committed. Uh, he through his uh, artistic shooting, he does not hit the gas canisters, but he does hit something that somehow makes Harrison Ford's boat catch on fire. Sure does. So it's on fire, but it's not going to explode. So, Brad. Yeah. It, it, just for everyone listening, I, I want to like really set the scene for how this concludes. Please. Yeah, because please. We, we meander a bit, but I want it, there to be no doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Please. Sean Bean is pursuing Harrison Ford. In the open ocean. In the open ocean while Harrison Ford is piloting a flaming speedboat in a rainstorm. <laughs> it's fucking incredible. So Sean Bean catches up to Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah. And it, jumps on board his boat too. I was just going to say, it cannot be stressed more. They are on the open ocean. They are each in boats that they're piloting separately to try and go... Uh, in the midst of a raging storm, have complete control, navigate like, in a straight it line. Like, it looks like fucking Master and Commander out there. <laughs> oh, even better, because somehow Sean Bean secures the steering wheel so he can move to the side and jump over to Harrison Ford's boat. Just like, I mean, this is better than the horse-to-horse -horse jumps or anything like that. Somehow... He, he <laughs> he's close enough to the boat uh -huh. to be able to make the jump. And Harrison Ford's like, oh, dang, how did you do that? Right? Well, and Harrison Ford responds with, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And somehow Harrison Ford, what did we, we were saying, late 40s at this point? Oh, probably at least 50. If he's in his 80s, I yeah, mean. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm trying. Oh, yeah, you're right. So, okay, 50s. All right. So he's, sorry, he's, Harrison. I tried, but Sean Bean's coming in full on, pissed off IRA guy, late twenties, early thirties yeah, at this point. Twenty five, maybe somewhere in there. Yeah, fit as fuck. Harrison Ford's just Look, looking like a hot Timothy McVeigh. <laughs> <laughs> so Harrison Ford is just going after him, and they're mixing it up. Whip, whap, bap, bap, bap. No, Brad, had you woken me up this morning and said, "Hey." Later today, you're going to watch something where Sean Bean and Harrison Ford are fist fighting mm -hmm. on a flaming speedboat in a rainstorm. Uh-huh. I just said, I don't believe you, that's, <laughs> but that sounds delightful. <laughs> but by God, Brad, that's what we experienced. Well, you know, and oddly enough, this is one of the things that kind of uh, started to bother me about the action movies was that it seemed to... Um, and I know how weird this is going to sound, right? 
but it just seemed to stretch plausibility in ways that just started to get boring. You know, you mean like Sean Bean dismantling part of the boat to make a makeshift axe to fucking swing at Harrison Ford? Yeah. He also finds a plank of metal to uh, repel those attacks. Yeah. Yeah. So he's literally so Sean Bean is literally using it's the anchor. He's using the anchor on the boat to swing at Harrison Ford like it's an axe. Harrison Ford is using something like I don't know if it's a spear it's or a metal. Some... I brought it from home. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I always sort of... have this with me. And somehow it's strong enough to deflect this fucking anchor for three solid hits that you'd be like, okay, well, you know, maybe that rod might be bending a little bit or something like that. But uh, anyway, the larger It may have point... broken Harrison Ford's wrist <laughs> from the contact. Well, something you would have expected. Somehow he disarms Sean Bean. I mean, it's laid out in oh, the movie, Sean but Bean I don't remember. Oh, Sean Bean gets it... Uh... He swings it one last time, and Harrison Ford moves his head. It gets stuck in the edge of the ship, and he right. can't let it go because he's got to get his weapon out. Right. And Harrison Ford beats the fuck out of him. And then shoves him backwards onto the thing, and Sean Bean falls on it backwards, and Harrison Ford falls on top of him, and Sean Bean goes, <gasps> and dies. And Harrison Ford secures the... Uh, wheel of the boat so that of they can the fight. Of the flaming speedboat that is just rocketing aimlessly in the ocean. Well, I mean, you have to admire the timing of the whole thing because he secures the wheel, he fights Sean Bean, he kills Sean Bean, and he's still able to jump out of the boat before it crashes into the rocks and explodes. And the explosion just happens to be the thing that the National Guard needs to see or whoever the army is that's in the helicopters out there looking for him, they see the explosion and they go, oh, that's probably where they went. Hey, Harrison crashed something else. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And James Earl Jones is like, well, you get over there and you pick him up because he's an American, goddammit. Don't you know that's Harrison Ford? And so Harrison Ford's bobbing in the ocean. Surely he would drown, except... Special Forces helicopter people show up and go, there's Harrison Ford, he's the American goddammit, get him out of the ocean. And they pull him up because his wife's and his daughter's love matter more than any of these terrorists. Which began our long conversation about Harrison Ford v. Shark. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you. I take Harrison Ford 100% of the time. Every time, every situation, Harrison Ford or a shark, the shark might, you know, maybe it would get a bite in just so that you could get Harrison Ford's good reactions, like, when he's in pain. So he can fill with old man rage. Well, let me tell you, one of the reasons... Rage thou well dare nature's perfect killing machine fight me. I'm gonna punch this goddamn thing right in the face. I'm gonna punch it in the nose and in the throat and in both eyes. Damn it, I'm Harrison Ford. But you know, the thing about Harrison Ford, I seriously think one of the reasons that he was such a successful action hero was that he didn't have the big muscles like Schwarzenegger or Stallone or anything like that. But um while Raiders in um, Star Wars were very fantasy-oriented, whatever. When you look at the action movies that he did do, when he did fight scenes, you could see that there was a point where he didn't really want to be involved in the fight somehow. And when he got hit, those hits fucking hurt, you know? 
there were ways that he would sell the fight when you would be like, oh, dude, I totally, oh, man, you know. So it wasn't like he was dominating, but he would find a way to win the fight, you know. And through, even in this movie, when he's having his ass handed to him, there are those moments where you're like, you know, fuck, that obviously hurt, but he's still got the scrap in him, you know, he's yeah. still doing it. At no point does he do a Wesley Snipes and kick a man through a door. <laughs> kick a man four times. And I love the last kick because Wesley Snipes literally reacts like, well, okay, one more for you, and just go, blow! And then Bruce Payne's like, okay, that's... And out he goes. Nothing like that. I mean, the Gary Oldman one is better. Get off my plane! Right? Kicks Gary Oldman in the face and off he goes. Oh, no. And it's certainly more dignified than Passenger 57. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's Harrison Ford's deal. Hey, you know, that's why he had the longer He's... acting career, even though both of them were in Expendables, now that I think about it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, and everything just kind of resolves from there, and then all of a sudden, cut to credits. They didn't need to tack out. They should have just Golan Globist it and just ended it right there. Well, once again, it's a Harrison Ford movie, so you can't simply Golan Globus end it, you know, right at the moment where the most immediate problem is resolved. No, you have to show that his wife and his daughter, whose love's more important than any of these terrorists' lives, they're safe. He's united with them. And he's and no now longer... he's just regular dad while they're getting the call to figure out what uh, gender their baby is. Well, and not only that, he's retired from the CIA because he can just leave that job whenever he wants. <laughs> yeah, it's just a real revolving door at the CIA. Apparently for so. Old Jack Ryan. Yep, because there's James Earl Jones going. Well, do you know who that is? That's Harrison Ford. <laughs> if he wants to retire, he's he can retire. Even though I convinced him to come back to his job. Of course, give him the severance package. <laughs> Golden parachute all the way. Did you see how That's big, Harrison Ford. Did you see how big that house is? <laughs> yeah. The property tax you think, be murder. You think that daughter is going to be able to afford that house herself? Holy crap. She's going to need a lot of therapy after what her father's Yeah, no through. shit. The therapy bills alone, my God. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So I don't even want to know how long this conversation's been. Yeah. But um, once again, fantastic. Thank you for hosting, Chris. Incredible film. <laughs> yeah, good choice. So uh, you sure you don't want to do Every Which Way But Loose next time? God damn it. <laughs> no, I don't want to watch the Clint Eastwood monkey movie with you. It's an orangutan, I'll have you know. So what do you got coming up? Uh, fucking nothing. All right. God damn nothing. Well, not exactly nothing. Because, um, okay, well, we're not going to go into our super special secret thing, but HPV is going to uh, have more podcasts. We're going stuff. on the road! Yes, we have more stuff coming up in the future that will we'll, be we'll different be and interesting. We'll be in Philadelphia, Baltimore, Tennessee, Cleveland, Ohio, Des Moines, uh, Des Moines Dubuque, and other D-related towns. Yes. Uh, is there a Desdemone? Desdemone. I don't think so. Well, then we won't be there performing. I don't want to go to Iowa. No, I wouldn't either. I've been to Iowa several times, and I don't like it. Well, you know, as I said very early on in my career, if you pay me to perform, I'll show up wherever. I don't really care as long as the money is good. You know? I'll do the show. 
That's fine. <laughs> if you pay us, we'll come watch dumb action movies at your bar and then talk about and them. talk about them for you know. Well, you've got about two hours tops, and then after that, we got to call it. But you know, we'll watch the movie. We'll talk with you. We're just making up this offer right now, so that we have no idea what to do with it. Don't listen to us. Yeah, do do not send me things offering me to do speaking engagements at your bar. <laughs> Although you know, if the money is good, we might do it. So you know. At any rate, the larger For point is one million. One million dollars. Well, so um, uh, t-shirts coming, logo or designs 30 coming. Thirty dollars in a hoagie. Well, I will do it for cheap. A good hoagie. Not, well, not depending sh- on where the place is, because there is travel costs to take into consideration and all of that. But you know, thirty dollars in a hoagie, you can so get me, me most places. So help me God, give me that hoagie. <laughs> the hoagie uh, makes it happen, Brad, people. Brad, what have you got? Can, let's let's wrap this um, up. Okay, so two thousand twenty-three is going to see a push of different. Uh, uh, digital content, and that is going to include HPV stuff, which uh, you'll see more of on uh, YouTube, and then we'll also have other little offerings. We'll see what kind of deals we can put together, but 2023 is going to be the year of trying to make deals. So if things go right, then you and I are going to make money. If things don't go right, then we're still doing this shit. One way or another, we're doing fine. <laughs> and if we don't, well, literally nothing has changed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which basically is how I've been operating for the past 20 years. So, you know, hopefully uh, something different will change. Yeah. All right. So there it is. That's that's the latest. That, that's 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 your, uh, your dose of HPV. Yeah, that's your dose of HPV. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Chris, again, thank you very much for hosting me. Oh, no. Man. Always a pleasure. <laughs> what are we at? All right, let's go. Yeah, we're out. Goodbye, Bye. everybody. Bye. <laughs>